Hi, uh, thank you for joining us today on this podcast. Um, I'm Mary Abazia and I have Sean Wellam and Tom Spatelli and we're with Impact Planning Group. And uh, we've been wrestling the idea of risk, especially because it's, it is what is affecting everyone's business, of course, more than usual. And uh, we've talked about some of the factors, but we're going to get into strategies today. What is it that a company can do actively to address risk with their business? So, uh, Sean, do you want to give us a quick recap and start to introduce these these strategies to us? Sure, sure. Uh, risk is, uh, it's always present, ever present to some degree. There's Everything we do every day involves risk. But risk tends to come to the top of the pile of awareness Following a, a major event, the financial crisis of 2007, 2008, the, the pandemic, it brings it into sharp focus and everybody starts worrying about how they're going to manage risk. And what we talked about in the past couple of podcasts was, was a two-pronged approach. First one is how you prioritize risk. And we did this through assessing its likeliness to like likelihood to happen or its probability and also its impact and on those two factors we could we could prioritize the risks we should be watching or thinking about then we briefly talked about how do you manage risk and there's four broad areas of managing risk some of them are pretty obvious the first one is to avoid the risk right if you don't fancy the the downside risk then don't do it if you if you don't want to take your car out on a foggy, icy, stormy night. Don't do it. Avoid the risk. Stay home. It's probably sensible. If you don't avoid the risk, you, you sometimes accept the risk. That's something that we all do every day when we jump on an airplane or we get into our cars. We just know there's an inherent risk, but it's low. We've done the the math and it works. It's a, you know, it's a risk reward and we, we accept that the risk is sufficiently small that we will continue with our day. Alternatively, you, you might want to share the risk. That's where we get into insurance. Again, pretty self-explanatory. You can insure almost anything against it happening. You can agree to pay a percentage of, of a deductible or the initial amount. And, and all these things can, can create a, a market for offloading risk to an insurance company or to a syndicate. Then the most interesting one for a business, I think, is the is mitigating the risk. You can't make it go away. You can't avoid it. It's not really insurable, but it's affecting your day-to-day -day business. How do you mitigate that risk? How do you build it into your plans, which is what we want to talk about today. Example would be Netflix. Netflix has had 76, 75% of the streaming market not so many years ago. And their model was dependent on other people's content. They bought the rights to other people's content and they showed it through their platform the risk inherent was was twofold one when people who own the content realized how much money netflix were making by reselling it you can guarantee the price will go up on the on the renegotiations second thing people that have a massive amount of content like disney and the disney group if you like including the the marvel and the star wars stuff they are very incentivized to create their own streaming service so what do netflix do they need to mitigate the risk of, of not having content to show by creating their own content. And Amazon Prime have done this to an extent as well. That's one example of how the risk environment can lead you to create products and services that, that mitigate that risk. And that's really what I want to talk about today. Yeah. 
There's a huge, I, I definitely want to talk more about mitigate, but uh, before we do, a thought just kind of popped into my head, Sean, as you were talking about accepting and avoiding risk. On our last podcast, we really talked about some tools for understanding the risks in your businesses and rating those, you know, those risks for the impact and probability of them happening. What occurs to me is from a portfolio standpoint, you know, you've got many businesses, B2B businesses that we work with and they're flung, uh, you know, far flung in terms of the industries that they work in with a lot of different products and services. You know, some of the same tools that we talked about last week can be used to kind of look at the impacts to each of the different industries, portfolios, products that you have and determine kind of where you have the most and least risk. And it can be used, could it not, to make some decisions about at the extreme level, which, pro which areas um, and products you might even exit because the yeah. risk has just got become just too, too much, too dangerous. And versus where you might funnel your investment into certain parts of your portfolio where there's maybe less risk, you have more advantages. What do you guys think about that? You know, Nestle did that with water. You know, when um, Nestle's this pure company, you know, they got baby formula, they got all this. And when there was such a backlash of, um, you know, the disposable plastic water bottles, um, they tried to separate themselves, you know, from a branding standpoint and really started spinning off as much of it as they can because they, you know, I guess they they were trying to mitigate it, but then they just completely said, we have to avoid this. This is damaging our, our overall brand. So, so, you know, it is significant when you watch what companies do, you say, ah, oh, now I, now I see why they were doing it with the, you know, the risk ended up um, being too great for them to make you know, to be able to get to hold on to that business or do what they were doing before. Another interesting part of that is, is to your point, Tom, is how you blend those. Because sometimes you you have a mixture of avoid and accept the risk. You know, in a in a previous life, I was uh, in charge of a, of a of a credit book. I was a credit uh, a loan officer, if you like, at a bank. And when you put together a portfolio, because as the loan officer, you're putting together a, a huge portfolio made up of thousands of loans. You're not just looking at individual cases and you have to have a blend mm. we rated these not very imaginatively as a b and c credits and 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 d was what we called an override too much detail the fact is you had to have a book that was about 60 percent a good quality risk that allowed you to take a few percent of b risk where you had a you knew you had a higher default risk but it blended out and then you could take a few of the of the sportier chances that looked on paper not to be a great risk, but maybe there was a, a profit potential. But as long as you kept that blend, and that's really a mindset you have to have with with risk, because they don't tend to come individually. There's there's probably multiple risks. Mm. And if you can think of a portfolio approach and blend it out to make sure you're not just taking the crazy risks. And also you're not being too risk adver adverse because that that can hamper your growth too. If you I if love you, that. I love that because you would imagine if you took your portfolio, you you did the kind of brainstorming and rating that we talked about last uh, week and last two podcasts, really, and evaluated um, your portfolio. 
you know, A, B, C, D, just like you said, Sean, maybe A is where there's less risk and D where there's most, doesn't necessarily mean that you jettison all of the D risks because those likely might be the markets where others have done that, have got, have exited. And maybe there's fewer competitors there. Maybe there's an opportunity for more margins there. Uh, maybe there's some opportunities there, but you certainly probably don't want all of your eggs in that basket. Right. So you've got this opportunity to to rack and stack your 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 portfolio for risk and take a balanced approach. And I feel like that would probably be very enlightening uh, because our experience is people don't look at this as often and frequently as they should, maybe as deeply as they should. And it would be a great exercise, I think, especially right now. I also want to. Sorry, Mary, go ahead. I was just going to say, I. I, I, I was trying to figure out why we don't. And I think it's because you have a brand manager, manager that's in charge of this product line, another one that's in charge of this one. So you kind of have to have, you know, some somebody that's above those yeah. or the collection of them that come together to say, now, wait a minute, you know, I know it hurts a little bit, but we have to scale back on yours because it's a little too risky. We're going to still keep you in the portfolio, but we need to, you know, double down on this other one. So it's it's hard if you're if you are in charge of one of the product lines to have that perspective. You have to have a little bit higher one. Yeah, it is the portfolio manager rather than the brand manager. I totally agree. I think the other interesting thing about this is how we create offers to our customers rather than looking at our own in in house risk. We assess our customers' risks and their customers' risks and use that to create offers. And you know the the, the tool where we identify benefits sought and we 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 weight and rate the importance to the customer's buying decision. For those of you not familiar with that tool, there's a great book that you could buy called The Accidental Marketer that goes into a little bit of detail. But if you um if you look at how we come up with those lists, we 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 sometimes ask customers, we 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 put ourselves in their shoes, maybe we observe them. When it comes to risk, this is how you can add a benefit and maybe one that the customer's not thinking of. A great way to differentiate is to include in your offer, in your positioning, an element that the customer values, wasn't necessarily expecting, and is different from what other people. So if you can understand the risk a customer might be facing and you can both educate them to that risk and provide a mitigant to that risk, you create added value. And it's at least in the short term, it's free because you're differentiating yourself. So when you yeah. you look at that, I think risk should be one of the lenses you look through to look at those needs and benefits. And I like that when we were just talking about this episode prior to, to jumping on here, and yes, we do do that. <laughs> this might sound like this is totally off the cuff, but we do chat, chat a little bit, not a lot, but you know, we want this to be spontaneous. But you were talking about how this um, sort of mimics the idea of the challenger sale, the challenger sale being a, a sales methodology where your sales reps actually focus a little bit more on highlighting new risks, new challenges that customers are facing. And the research around the challenger sale pointed out that the sales reps and the companies that that do that, um, especially in complex industries, are, are, are valued. And so this idea of... Um, doing this from the mindset in the mindset of your customers and bringing to your customers uh, um, certain risks that they may have not considered obviously opens the door as well to, okay, what do I do about this now that thank you. Thank you. The customer says for 
showing me this risk that I didn't know that I have now that I'm adequately frightened by it. What do I, what do I do to lessen that risk? And if yeah, you have, don't, don't, don't highlight the risk until you've got a solution for right, that. that, that they right. go hand in hand, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, I like, you know, you had identified um, the avoid, accept, uh, share and mitigate. Is there anything else you wanted to say about mitigate? Well, I guess when you think about mitigating, a lot of these are, are, are reactive. You see, you see a risk and you decide how to address it. So there's, there's, there's the other aspect when you go looking for risk, maybe if you're exploring for where risks might be or, or looking for future risks, then that's a, a different lens you might, you might want to look at. But in terms of, um, of, of mitigating risk, it's, it's just about understanding the, the worst case scenario as well because it takes an effort to mitigate risk you know you need to understand no point spending a thousand dollars to mitigate a hundred dollars worth of risk for example so you also need a sense of scale um but no I, other than that Mary, is there anything particularly on your mind that well, i've said before i i i actually just if i don't if i can jump in here i know you asked mary that question but i just i'm thinking about one of our clients mary i think i can mention by name in the oil and gas industry that has done an outstanding an outstanding uh, example of mitigating risk, and it's the Halliburton organization. You know they are engaged in um, you know the drill, the oil drilling and gas business, pulling fossil fuels out of the ground, and certainly the risk that faces that particular industry is the risk of new entrants with cleaner energy sources in different ways that are friendlier to the environment than um, you know, pulling fossil fuels out of the ground and, and, and burning them up and, and, and those pollutants go into the air. So what is the mitigation strategy that Halliburton has undertaken? Well, they've formed an organization called Halliburton Labs, where they take the very... Um, you know, uh, competitors, indirect competitors, new technologies um, in cleaner energy and actually incubate them within the Halliburton organization, um, give them some of the resources of the Halliburton organization to see, you know, if they can help these new forms of energy uh, take off and succeed. And it, it, at the same time, have the opportunity to see what is really working, what has potential in terms of disrupting their traditional industry with the option of getting on board, you know, in some way, whether that be buying these organizations, partnering with these organizations, or simply learning how their industry is going to be changed very specifically by watching these very high potential competitors, you know, progress through the life cycle of their solutions. So I think that's a fantastic uh, and very unusually um, brave <laughs> mitigation strategy right there. Yeah, I, I love that example. I think it is really good. And what, as you're describing it, you know, I'm thinking about um, mitigation, but then how do you leverage? Because we have some companies that are just, they're actually really out there trying to leverage risk. But it's a gray line between mitigating, as as you've described with you know how labs doing, and just really leveraging um, and 
you know, it's some, there's some that just really are out there looking for the risk. They're, they're hunting it down and they're going to, they're going to do whatever they can to uh, make hay, if you will. But um, in this case, it's a little bit more reserved, but um, probably very, especially for conservative companies, it's a brilliant move. Um, Sean, anything to add before we close? No, I think we've uh, we've given the, the the topic a good run. It it everything comes back to the, to the same equation: understand customers and add value in in a in a in a way that differentiates you from your competition. The standard process. What we've really looked at this time is is looking through a risk lens to see if we can uncover different ways of adding value, of understanding the competitive environment, and reacting to it. So it's it's uh, it's the same process with a different lens and and risk is that lens especially right now it's so important right um we really hope that you found something in this to apply and as always we love it when you send us notes and say you know you tried something or um you you give us some examples of your own so thank you very much